This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book 4. Coming Home. Chapter 14. Edgar nodded to Assam. Looks like you made it through and out, then, eh? Assam stood up, brushing off the seat of his pants. We did. Yeah, no thanks to you. G kept her arm around her mother's shoulder. Assam faced the other boy, quiet and tense. Edgar had his hands behind his back. You know, you can't stop me if I want what I want. What do you want? Ten minutes, Edgar replied, just like we agreed. The air grew considerably thicker between them. G stood up and moved forward. We had a bargain, Edgar said to them. Assam studied the boy for a moment. What do you have back there? He asked softly. Edgar shrugged, almost as though he were embarrassed by the answer. He brought out what he'd been holding behind his back. She laughed in spite of herself. She recognized the book he held. She'd first seen it when she went to preschool. It was practically a baby book. Edgar bristled. Don't you laugh at me? She made a noise, but Assam stepped in before she could say anything. What is it you want, Edgar? We had a deal. Edgar looked pointedly at Assam. You made a deal. Neither of the children answered. Edgar sighed and bent down to tie his shoe. You know, he said, that silent treatment thing isn't going to work too well on me. He looked up at them. It's a bad habit to get into, treating people like that, breaking bargains. He stuck out his thumb and drew a line in the dust between him and the kids. Don't get me wrong, he said as he stood up. I don't mind silence. If anything, I prefer it. But it's a hard habit to break. You play the silent treatment once too often, and you might forget how to talk at all. G opened her mouth to say something, but he held up his hand. Let me finish, he told her. You might want to know about this. It could strike at any time, like a disease, a silent plague. One minute you're being a snotty little brat, keeping mum, and the next... It's like your tongue gets too heavy, your throat closes up, and the next thing you know... Assam reached out for him, his hand stopping in midair. He raised his eyebrows in surprise. Yeah, Edgar agreed. That's all it takes. One thin line in the dirt, a few choice words from me, and then where are you? He smiled, gap-toothed. And then something shifted as if the line he had drawn in the dust was a hinge holding one way and then another, flipping the world over on itself. One moment, Assam and G were standing between Edgar and their mother. The next, he was standing where they had been. They were on the other side of the line. They could not move past it. Their mouths were leaden, their teeth fused. They could not speak. Edgar gave them an apologetic, Embarrassed look. It seemed almost genuine. Assam felt sorry for him 
in spite of everything. There was a dull ache, a sadness somewhere at the core of that boy. He could feel it. For her part, G wanted to kill him with her bare hands. Edgar turned, clutching the book to his chest. He walked towards their mother. She looked up as he approached and asked a question. Her voice was faint, but Assam knew what she had asked. I had a son. Are you my son? In reply, Edgar held out the book to her. After a long moment, she took it from him, turning it over in her hands. She looked up at him and nodded. He held out his hand and helped her up. She led him over to the chair and sat down. She edged over on the seat, giving him some room next to her. Once Edgar had sat down, their mother put her arm around him. Assam could feel G about to burst into flames next to him. He put his hand on her shoulder. She shoved it off. She knelt, digging at the flat, dry earth with her fingers. Assam thought at first that she was trying to dig under the line, the barrier that Edgar had set in front of them. Soon, however, all she had to show for her efforts was a handful of bloody fingertips and a small stone she had managed to coax out of the fallow ground. She stood up, hefting the stone in her palm. It was about the size of a golf ball, jagged on one side. Without judging the distance or taking aim, she let fly with the stone just as her mother was opening the book and turning to the first page. The stone rose in a gentle arc, clipping Edgar on the temple. He fell off the chair, his hand to his head. His eyes flashed at G, and he said one word. Sit. She crumpled to the earth without a sound. Assam knelt next to her. She tried to stand, but her knees buckled beneath her. They could only sit and watch as their mother helped Edgar up and dabbed at the small scratch on his head. She asked him a question in her soft voice, and he nodded in reply. She sat him back down on the seat once more and kissed him tenderly on the temple. Sitting down next to him, she opened the book and began reading. She turned the pages, pointing out little details in the pictures and giving him a squeeze from time to time. Edgar looked perfectly content, like any other little boy reading a story with his mother. When the book was finished, their mother closed it gently and handed it back to him. He sat there for a moment, staring down at it in his hands. Gently, he laid it back in her lap before standing up. He bent down, kissed her cheek. She smiled at him as he turned away. Assam wasn't sure Edgar had seen that smile. Slowly, the boy approached where Assam and G were waiting. His face was streaked with tears. Sorry, he said to Assam. Thanks. Sorry. Gently, Edgar laid the sole of his shoe against the line on the ground and wiped it away. The two boys stared at each other for a moment. Edgar turned away. Assam touched his arm. You could come with us. Edgar looked back at him, then to G. 
He rolled his eyes. Not for all the tea in China. Assam nodded. He hadn't really expected the boy to take him up on the offer. He wasn't even sure that he himself wanted him to. Um, one more thing. Yes? Edgar was impatient to leave, Assam can tell, embarrassed and ashamed of his tears. Which way do we go? Back the way we came, or... Well, there's two schools of thought on that one. Edgar pointed back the way they had come. Heading back's definitely the longest path, but at least you know what's ahead. Contrary-wise, he pointed off into the distance the other way. Heading onward probably gets you there quicker, but there's no telling who or what you might run into. Assam considered this lack of helpful advice. Which way would you go, if you were us? The jack-o'-lantern grin blazed to life. I'd go on. It might be easier, or it might be harder. But at least it won't be boring. Okay, Assam said. Thanks. Yeah, G said sarcastically. Thanks for everything. You're welcome, Edgar said. And then he was gone. For good. Assam let out his breath in a long, slow sigh. I still, she said quietly, really, really want to kill him. Her brother shrugged. No harm done. Come on. Their mother sat in her chair, staring down at the book in her lap. She looked up as they approached. A hazy, uncertain recognition drifted across her face. Do you... Do you want me to read you a story? Before bedtime? Not right now, Mom. Assam reached for her hand. Let's go home first. She looked deep into his eyes and nodded slowly. I don't think I know the way, honey. That's okay, Gee said, helping her up. We can show you. They set off, heading out further into the wasteland. Edgar had pointed this way, and they had no reason not to trust him. Not anymore. After a few yards, a faint noise caught G's attention, and she looked back. Behind them, Edgar's book lay forgotten on the seat of the chair, pages rustling in the wind. She thought of going back for it, but decided against it. After all, given all the junk scattered around them on the plane, what was one more forgotten shred of someone else's life caught on the fence between this world and the other? You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and read by the author, P.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes store. 
To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Please direct all inquiries to the attention of the author at www.tmcamp.com. If you are unable to access the Internet, spread a thin layer of peanut butter over a slice of whole wheat bread. Sprinkle it with unsalted sunflower seeds and place it on the sill of any second-story window in your home. When the blue jay arrives, whisper your request to her. She will pass it along. If you live in a home with only one story, move. <laughs>